Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Victor. One Valerie. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Darman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode three, 285. Mm-hmm. That's just a number. So, comic books. Doesn't mean anything to me. What? Comic books. Oh, man. I'm for them. Brave stance. Hot take. Mm-hmm. Lukewarm take. Uh, we will be discussing one of those comic books later on in our book club. It is called Sentient uh, by Jeff Lee Meyer and Gabriel Hernandez Alta. Uh, computers and children and spaceships. If I had to, if I had to condense it down to three words, mm-hmm. one of my words would be yikes. Oh, 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 oh. give you guys a little tease. <laughs> I don't know if I'd use the word yikes, but mm. it's 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 kind of yikesy. I mean, it depends on how you define yikes. That's also fair. Yes. Uh, before, though, for that, we have floppies. We have some weekly books to talk about. Uh, this it is time for our first segment. It's time for floppies fortnightly. Floppies fortnightly is the part of the show where Eric and I read a selection of the past couple of weeks books to tell you to buy or do not buy them. There's a mush meter. Goes from one to five. If we are on the fence, we also, as of late, we've also added wait for trade. Yes or no, wait for trade. <laughs> so, to, to be fair, we have been doing that for years, but you know, now I guess it's official. Yeah, it's know? like an official brand versus the we we filed the paperwork, mm-hmm. the comic book podcast registry. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And they stamped it. Okay, the council of white guys. <laughs> With beards. Mm-hmm. Yes. I did just put my glasses on. Oh, no. With glasses and beards. That's true. Yeah. True. Shaving my beard made me look like 30% more distinctive when I go to a comic book con. That's true. It certainly would. Yeah. Uh, our first book of the week is Beta Ray Bill number one, written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson, with colors by Mike Spicer, and letters by Joe Sabina with Daniel Warren Johnson. Um. So... It's this is a Daniel Warren Johnson comic book. Mm-hmm. He is drawing Bittery Bill, uh, old horse face, horse face McGee. That is his Beta Ray Bill, Bill McGee. Yeah, um, Bill McGee, man, that's a that's a name. Uh, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't hey, expect him to look like a horse. Uh, hey, an- another lukewarm Ooh, take. Hey. I like this. Um, yes, Daniel Warren Johnson is great uh continues to be great um manages to find the heart of a situation about a horse face monster that wants to kiss a lady and his big brother thor is making him feel bad and he draws fin fin fang foom yeah and venomized fin fang foom mhm who's a big old big old black dragon monster who gets bombarded by a spaceship and struck by lightning 
It's all real good. He punches a spaceship. That means just, just, just solid. Some good, stupid Daniel Warren Johnson goodness. And I'm, um, I'm eager to see him go through this. I think he's going to do a great job on it. It's just, it's, it's just, I'm, it's always, I'm always impressed by his range. Where mm-hmm. he can have these incredibly crazy action sequences where a dragon is punching a spaceship. And then a few pages later, just really quiet, sad scene where, yep. you know, Sif's like, oh, you're going to look like a giant monster man, huh? And not you be. think she would have figured that out. Yeah, I mean, I imagine if you live in Asgard, you're constantly being bombarded by weird shit. Yeah, and you're and you're like, you know, Thor. One Thor's, he's he has a, a he's missing an eye and an arm, and then then Odin's here, and then he's the, then Thor's the All Father, and then like there's and the Galactus shows up, and like it's constantly changing. I'm sure, and you know, at a certain point you're gonna lose track of the rules of of I'm, Beta Ray Bill. I will put this out there though. Um, mm-hmm. That if if women on the internet to, are to be believed, they all want to fuck monsters. <laughs> to be, I mean, it's uh, let's let us let us not. Uh, I know this is this is ancient history for a lot of people, but uh, the, all the thirst posting about Garrus. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, yeah, I, I mean it is a it is a known thing. I, I um, will I will say this here uh, counterpoint. Sif is not on the internet. I I don't think that means anything. It just means she's not posting about her monster <laughs> thirst. Maybe she has. Maybe she wants a different kind of monster. Mm. You know, we all have our own intricacies and you know inner worlds. But I mean, it's true. But you can't you can't tell me that that uh, Bill looks any worse than Captain Do Not Ingest. Uh I mean, I mean, Garrus, Garrus has like predator shit on his face. He does. That's fair enough. He's, I don't know. I, I think he really captures the humanity of the moment of, and it's not just that. Mm-hmm. It's also Thor, like kind of like overshadowing is, him. And this is not really a, 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 a criticism of this book. This is just me pointing out. It's just Eric the loving fact. Eric loving I mean, Garrus. Like, there's like genres of this shit and like so much shipping because there's a lot of fucking monster thirst in the world. Poor Beta Ray Bill. Mm, he and needs to he needs to find those people. He does. Maybe the, that's the, what will happen. Horse cock. Maybe we'll get that. Maybe we'll get Beta Beta Ray finding uh finding love out in the solar system. Yeah, he'll go he'll go he'll go find someone to love him and then he'll be Alpha Ray Bill. Maybe. Ooh. Mhm. Anyway, or maybe maybe he's a sigma male. A lot of I this still, is I never looked up what that it's stupid shit so was. So stupid. Be. Oh my god. I'm sure it's it is. the dumbest I'm sure shit. It is. It's the dumbest. The uh, next, every you time how... a, a, a turd like that rolls out of 4chan, it's always the silliest, trolliest shit that ever happened. Uh, you notice Eric and I are basically stopped talking about this comic book because it's kind of assumed it's great. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's the best. Love it. Buy it. Get it. Not enough monster fucking it for oh, me, though. Okay, okay. It's a double buy with a with a caveat there's a little asterisk it's <laughs> beta ray bill number one next up is avengers curse of the man thing number one written by steve orlando art francesco mobley colors guru fx letters clayton cows uh, a man thing not giant size though mm-hmm. 
that is unfortunately, you know, Steve Orlando finally gets his hands on Man Thing, and they only give him a regular sized one. <laughs> it's really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. um, it's a real fucking shame. This, I liked this way more than I expected to. Same? Uh, and and still, there's a part of me that wants to not like it. Like, I kind of want to nitpick it to death. But honestly, it's not bad. It does, like, kind of make me roll my eyes. But, I mean, I would say, I don't know, it's somewhere in that, like, B-minus range. I, I kept thinking about if I was a kid and I went to the grocery store, which I, you can't really do that anymore because Marvel... Well, now you can again. I guess Marvel's going to be distributing with a with Penguin. Um, mm -hmm. But... If I was a kid at the grocery store and I picked this up, you know, randomly, I looked at the cover. I'm like, oh, man, this looks cool. That, like the main thing, the Avengers. Uh, and I read and I got this issue. I, I was like, I kept ha picturing that in my mind. I'm like, I would be really happy with this because uh, it, it it does have a lot of story in it. I really like I like really like how Steve Orlando writes Cap. Um, I think that's the thing I actually come away with the most from this. Oh, yeah. I like his Cap a lot his voice for cap um but this is also i think this is the the thing that i think the reason i like this more than i than i thought i would is largely because it takes an unexpected turn on man thing it it doesn't it it man, man thing is barely in this like man thing gets destroyed on page 10 or something <laughs> you know he gets ripped apart by this new uh plant like evil plant lady harrower um mm -hmm. And uh, or or Marvel the Marvel version of uh, Poison Ivy, basically. And of course, the, rest the, uh, the the this is these are the old ladies that mm -hmm. uh, were starting shit with the X Men, right? I forget what they were called. Yes, that is. It is the same. They the, the, hor the same horticulture shit starters horticulture. Oh God, yeah! What a terrible name that was. <laughs> Um, but this is, it's not really about man thing, proper man thing. It is, it's, it's kind of mixed. It, it has, I, I, I like the back and forth between like the Avengers fighting stuff on earth and kind of failing and the kind of this inner conflict where Steve Rogers is there with, uh, the dude who used to be man thing and <laughs> them like, don't, don't get him confused with big Lebowski. Oh, he's the dude. Excuse me. But this, it's like, you know, they, they, I think Steve Orlando kind of homed in on like, oh, what is man thing about? You know, he's about fear. You know, anyone who fears burns at the touch. What's, what's work at that? What's, let's see what all this, what, what is Cap afraid of? Is he afraid of these things, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe we see a different man thing after this, after this little, this run is over. And we get a different man thing, which would be good because I think there's a lot of potential in that character. But the way he was written now, it's very much he's just a big monster. They've they have tried and tried and tried. We've we've read a couple of attempts at man thing. Mm -hmm. You know, a thing that is an observation of mine, and this just might be my own bias, having read mostly indie and uh, DC work from orlando that this kind of reads like a dc book i cannot elaborate on that and i don't know why i don't know why i think that so it might entirely be my bias so 
do with that information what you will. I do, I do come into it completely like thinking like, oh, this is a, this is absolutely a uh, a swamp thing story. I, I just, oh god, this character. Isn't it true that like they kind of aren't ripoffs of each other? Like they're not at I, all. They're totally different. That's a, it's such a weird thing about it because they are so incredibly similar, um, and they came out almost exactly at the same time. It's such it's, a such it's, a bizarre thing. It's very much like the uh, you know the that you know when Armageddon and uh, what was it called the other space asteroid movie came out at the same time or. Or ants and a bug's life, or well, that know. was a hit piece. Ants was well, ants was literally made to. Uh, they they stole insider information and rushed out a movie ahead of a bug's life to try and uh, fuck with them. That yes, and it's a terrible movie. Ants is very bad, <laughs> and it's got Woody Allen in it. It does playing an ant. even worse. Um, mm-hmm. I am. I would also say that. DC has over the years basically just written their characters like Marvel has stereotypically back, you know, back in the day they were, there was a big gap, you know, and that's what set Marvel apart originally. But over the years, I feel like DC has just largely written their hero as much like Marvel used to and still does. There's been cross contamination. And I don't know if that's the right word. Cross pollination. I mean, we're talking about the man thing here, so pollination is the right way, I would think. I think it's contamination. Okay. It's all toxic, thrown away. <laughs> it's toxic. That's good. Yeah, it's toxic. Uh, Cue um, the, the Britney Spears stinger. Um, I, that needs to be someone's, someone's wrestling intro music. If you could afford it. It's probably that's the truth. It's probably so expensive. Uh, I am a buy. I think I'm just a buy on this. I like it enough to recommend it. I feel like this is a man thing book that I could get behind. I'm encouraged about the future for it, but I am mostly shrugging at it. Honestly, I don't think it's good. Like I said, I would still rate it about a B minus. But I don't think um, I don't think B minus gets it today. No, I think I'm a yeah, I think I'm a polite do not buy on this. It's not because it's bad. It's just because it's kind of average. You know, if we read more of this and I liked it, then I would kind of retroactively recommend it on the strength of an arc. But in and of itself, I think it is it's it's better than fine, but not good enough that I'm like, yeah, go for it. I think this is one that you can sleep on. It's okay. That is a split decision. Avengers Curse the Man Thing number one. Next up is Silk number one. Uh, written by Maureen Gu, art Takeshi Miyazawa, colors Ian Herring, letters Ariana Maurer. Read a, we've read two Silk number ones, I think. This is yes, number three. This is the, this is the third one. This I was is, thinking the same thing when when I started reading this. Uh, I also like this much more than mm. I expected to. I thought it would be good, and I think that it is honestly very good um i like the the sort of take the feel on this a thing that i notice about it is that miyazawa is kind of settling into a looser and rougher style for these superhero books that hopefully he doesn't have to work as hard as he does um it is just noticeably less tight than a lot of his work from a couple of years back no, it's it's it is uh, very good. I I I just expect I all I remember, 
I remember the last Silk book we read, and it was I did not like where it left the character. I did not like that status quo. This is a status quo that I really do enjoy. I like mm-hmm. the the weird split between yeah, crotchety old Jameson and you know the younger BuzzFeed lady, basically. Um, so I think I I kind of read it as like she's this young young millennial slash verging on Zoomer. Uh, or maybe, I don't know. I'm not even sure if that would, she's supposed to be the same age as Peter. Oh, so I wonder if Peter would be like a, like a sort of middle millennial or an older millennial. Well, who knows this. anymore? But, you know, and it's, it's really, it's true. It's confusing, but she would have missed out on all of this shit. Um, and maybe be a little technologically challenged because she grew up in a, bunker. In a yeah, in a, a bunker is a good enough word. I couldn't find the word on the shelf that i was looking for um but but like i i think that 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 is interesting and contrasting her with her peers and also the foil with uh with this crotchety version of uh uh jameson i think is really fun it's a really good jameson he's not he's just a dumb old man um and i like that he's not like a cartoon supervillain. no and he's, he looks very tired. He's just, yes. he's just, I mean, he's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Oh, you're gonna, oh, you're gonna mug me? Oh, whatever. No, you're not. <laughs> um, I, I, there's a good amount of gray in here as well. It, it is mm-hmm. not, it is, it kind of, it feels honest about the world. When it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, she's she's stopping robbers. And they're like, why are you stopping us? Who cares if we steal high fashion? Like, what does it matter? And she's like, it, you know, like, you shouldn't do it. And they're like, why? And, and then they she gets paid in old fashioned, uh, like last season's uh, clothes. And she's like, even questioning, she's like, is this OK? Should I have done that? And like, that's, you know, it's not like trying to put a whole like discourse in the middle of this comic book where there's like a giant demon cat but or whatever this no. is i don't know what this i is. will i will defend to the death if you if you have a skill you deserve payment for it yes exactly but it's it's just a nice little touch of that probably is going to force mm-hmm. is probably foreshadowing i imagine the themes that are going to be throughout the book um but this is a buy yeah i fully agree it is a double buy, Silk number one. Next up, Harley Quinn number one, written by Stephanie Phillips, Art Riley Rosmo, colors Ivan Placentia, letters Darren Bennett. This is a, a nice a nice episode of pleasant surprises, I think. Yeah. Um this is this could have been terrible. But I mean honestly, there's been like the um oh hell, what's his name? Palmiati. Mm-hmm. The Palmiati uh Harley Quinn was not too bad. Maybe not exactly my thing, uh, but not too bad. And and the baby face turn for uh I mean, I guess another baby face turn for, for Harley Quinn. This is but this one is this one is the story of her trying to go straight and be a good person. Yeah. This is my absolutely my favorite. Like yeah, the last couple of Harley Quinn, the last the the Palmiati run, wasn't mm-hmm. was perfectly fine. It was uh, adequate. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't what I kind of wanted. Really, this is what I want. 
This is if I'm if I'm going to read a Harley Quinn book, this is a Harley Quinn book mm-hmm. I want. This is one where she is. There is no like confusion about is she a good guy is she not she is clearly in she like literally she's talking to batman and she's like uh, hey what about you know robin he gets paid right and batman's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm batman <laughs> and yeah. her her kind of doing interior interior in, internal battle with her past versions to try and no i'm a good person now i do the right thing um and trying to save this poor idiot uh who used to be a, a henchman just and you know, that's that's a nice way to kind of I don't know tell the story. Uh, Rosmo's art is great. I found a, a whole bunch of um, I can't remember who it was that that shared them. It might have been um, shit. One of the one of the art curators, one of the comic book uh, Felix groups. Was it Felix? Yeah, yeah, I nearly sent it to you. I'm guessing you saw it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sold out. Oh, no doubt. Sold out very quickly. This issue, all the um, original art. Um, oh it, yeah, absolutely. But it, it, it. I, I. This is what I want. You know, like have Harley in Gotham, kind of as a foil to Batman, um, as a someone who's trying to redeem themselves, and that's like an easy entry point. Like you want to see someone, you know, make amends. That's basically what she's trying to do, and that's really it. Makes me want to root for her. Um, when she's like gathering, like make, like in Bombay's run, she's like working with a circus, and like there's all these this huge cast of characters. I'm like, it's not bad, but it's I'm like I'm not actively rooting for her. In this, when she's trying to redeem herself and make up for things she's mistakes she's made in the past, it's very uh, I don't know identifiable. It's easy. To, everyone mm-hmm. has made mistakes in their past and wants to make up for them. And it 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 it's basically what I want. I'm a buy. This is yeah. This is my Harley Quinn. Uh, that's a double by Harley Quinn number one. Our last book of the week is Witch Blood number one, uh, created by Matthew Ehrman and Lisa Sterl, colored by Gab Contreras, lettered by Jim Campbell. I assume Matthew Ehrman wrote this and Lisa Sterl drew it because that's the order we usually go in. But or it's maybe they both. Say. Maybe we they both Google their it? names and see what they do. Oh God! One of them probably draws like this. Ugh! Work typing. The he, barest minimum. <laughs> Matthew Ehrman is a comic book research. Matthew Ehrman <laughs> is a comic book writer, and Lisa Sterl is the artist. That is a true assumption. Good assumption I made. Uh, how would you describe this book, Eric? This is what if someone, um, what if someone made a comic book about a tweet. I like that. I like that. I popped you so hard with that. <laughs> it was so. 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 Let me elaborate. Um. First of all, I do think this is kind of good. Um. I don't think it's terribly written. I think the art is very strong. I think it has. It has that kind of. I mean, it's prevalent in a lot of media these days, where people just want to look at something and know how they feel about it, that I don't think that the character writing is, it's like, it's very, very shallow. Um, you know, like it's, it, I always think about, uh, Prometheus and how all the characters personalities were essentially a haircut <laughs> or like they have funny glasses or like, I like this one, this things. one, this one is, Hey, I have a British accent. Yeah, exactly. 
And this is a lot of that. Like she's got Sailor Moon hair and it's green and she dresses like a person that you might like. She talks, she's a witch. She has a bird. And like, what else do I know about her? You know, um, yeah. it's really silly. She has a, a bag of holding with dirt and pizza in it. Um, and uh, like it, it, like it, I think like a lot of this, it doesn't hold together. And it's mostly this person has done some really neat character designs. Like I gotta, I gotta admit, like, like, um, little Nos X vampire guy. Pretty cool. Um, I, 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 I am a fan of like the leather Western jacket with the fringe on it. I have thought it has, it's, I, I mean, you could have probably asked me when I was 20 years old if that was some boss ass shit. And I'd be like, hell yeah, it is. Um, I'm glad that the rest of the world is finally catching up. <laughs> Hank Williams Sr. <laughs> who died in like, what, the 50s or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm glad that the people are finally waking up to this boss ass shit. Um, but like, it just, it, it, this is, the, it, I mean, and the, the reason that I, I, I rag on it and say that it's like it's like a slightly expanded tweet is just it that it feels super shallow. Mm -hmm. It feels like a bunch of a a bunch of hot sketches on Twitter and not a comic book about characters with motivations and doing things like it. It tries to punch that up, um, and I think it doesn't quite get there it could be there's a there's maybe a better version of this and i think maybe that better version would be doing a little bit less or going a little slower or telling the story in i don't know 30 40 pages you know maybe maybe you know 44 pages might be better what do we have here we 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 have a pretty standard 24 25 it's a, yeah, it looks like it's a little bigger than uh mm -hmm. a little bigger than it's like a 28 i think it's 28 yeah 30 I think pages this is in, yeah i think this is introducing like a lot of world and a lot of characters and it's just super rushed and they boil it down to like here's the, here's cute anime girl you know how you feel about her here's another boss lady Hashtag girl boss, you know how you feel about her. Here's the obvious bad guy. Look at it. Look at these dope threads he's got. He's so cool, you know. And this is this is the this is. I mean, like this is about all that there is about it. There should be there should be more depth and character moments here, and they're not. I mean, I have seen these things go worse, but it really does feel like this is this is a good enough comic on like on fast forward. It's I, there is a, there is a, there is a, a, a thin line where you, you know, can't, and, and it's to be fair, it's a very difficult thing to do uh, to balance correctly, where you want to put people in media res. Mm -hmm. You want to, it, introduce this world and this character without it feeling ham-handed without them just like literally explaining what they are and what they want but you also want to give your audience your readers a 
a a something to hold on to, something like yeah. motive motivation and a, a, some facts about this this lady. All I know is that she owns a motorcycle on a bird, and that she's a mm-hmm. witch, and she's she's kind of silly. Yeah, and, and like I don't know much about anything else about her. I don't know how this world works. I don't know is she we is she, like are witches rare or are they not rare? There's like we are in this little tiny town in the middle of nowhere, and we have a witch, a witch hunter of some sort, and then a, a gang of vampire bikers, and. Are these rare occurrences? Are they strange? Is this, What is this world like? You know, is, how many humans are there? <laughs> like, I don't know. I have no idea. What is this weird, like, mystical artifact this vampire has? And why do we, like, what, like, even the bare minimum of what, I mean, I don't need to get the full ramifications, but why do they want these things? Why do they have them? Like, your mm-hmm. the character designs are really great. Like, I love, I love monster hunters. They're the best. <laughs> Yeah, no, this 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 definitely has some legs. I I just kind of wish that it did a lot of this stuff better, you know, like if this first issue really was just her interaction with the bounty hunter and it ends on the stinger of fucking bad guys show up like that's fucking enough. Yeah, it's a comic book issue. Like, don't cram all this stuff in here. Yeah, I also want to point out. It is really silly to be, like, the brooding, like, intense, like, man-with-no-name cowboy character when you have a giant fucking head of curly pink hair. <laughs> like, those are the fucking opposites of each other. Like, I don't think that works, and it just looks silly. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I... I think that tonally there are some funny things going on here, but there's definitely like an underlying core of something kind of awesome. Like, I I don't know. Twee character designs and like, like supernatural um, Western could mm-hmm. be fucking boss. Like, I think that's could be really cool, but they, they, they should have, they should have done a couple more drafts on this issue, personally, I think. And she gets shot, and she's just okay? I know. Like, I I think that the 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 whole... There's a lot of hand-waving here that's basically a wizard did it. Oh, yeah, that's fair. There is a lot of magic going on. I, I think I'm... Mm-hmm. A, I think I would be... Int- I would look... I would check out the trade of this and see how it rounds mm-hmm. out and see if it yeah. gets less messy as it goes. Um... Because largely, that's the this, this story itself is kind of messy in this. It's it's like the characters mm-hmm. can could be interesting. Their designs are cool. It looks nice, but it feels like I, I think it needs is, to round is, out. Yeah, this is massive talent, uh, but green. Because I think that this is this is this is some some rookie mistakes. Get your head in the game. <laughs> so is that? Are you a wait for trade as well? Um, or just do not buy. I'm like three. You're mushy. I think a mushy that's buy? Where I am. Yeah, honestly, okay. I think this is. I think this has this has merit. Um, and I think that it's fun. It just sort of needs to figure some stuff out, and either a lot of it is you know take yourself seriously or don't take yourself seriously or learn how to walk that line better. Um. Because it's it just is it's it's all over the place, um, 
and really would benefit from going about half as fast. So that is a... I'm a do not buy, wait for trade. Eric is a buy with with a mush meter of three. So mm. a weird split decision on which blood number one with a mush meter of three. <laughs> I think it. I think it pretty accurately like that's a reflects that our feelings. Should tell you, yeah, yeah. That split should tell you something. I think we both see a lot of potential here and like a lot of things about it, but it is highly flawed. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for floppies this week. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I talk about what we've been doing the past couple weeks and, and make recommendations about things that aren't comic books. Uh, Eric, what you been doing? What's going on? Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Retro gaming. Yes, been a lot of fun shit on uh, on my my Twitch channel. I've been enjoying that because I recently uh, managed to troubleshoot uh, my computer. So it's an interesting thing. Do you want me to? Do, would you Would you like me to ramble about uh, computer shit for a minute? If you want to, it's your time. Um, I just wondered if you would be interested in hearing about it because I know. Sure. I'll I know. I know you. I have corrupted you. You're. You're a, you're a big bad PC gamer now. Built your own PC and all that multiple times. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. So I I have a mother. It's an AMD motherboard, and I uh, was going to install two NVMe drives in it. I I have my second drive sitting right here in an unopened box. But as it turns out. Uh, it's, I think, a limitation of the, the the processor that you can't have just unlimited uh, PCIe devices and have these NVMe um, hard disks in there. And that was my biggest problem for the longest time. And I could not get my capture card to work like it just wouldn't even recognize it because I had my system disk installed in the second spot and that that was the limitation you basically have to choose between the place the pcie slot or the hard disk in the second slot mm. so i got that working after a lot of frustration um and have been excitedly doing mr fpga streams and i think i've talked about mr before. i think i've talked yes. about mr a couple of times yes uh, on the podcast i've really enjoyed so I, i've really enjoyed your streams i i they're they're fun thank you i i appreciate that i try and be fun and i'm i mean i'm actively like looking at my favorite streamers and thinking about like how are they so good and how can i kind of you know how can i be the the better version of what i do like they do you know i'm trying to learn those lessons um and a big part of it is confidently talking to yourself and being entertaining because a lot of people don't like interacting, but they like having a person there. That's the thing that's amazing about Twitch uh, is the people that are good at doing these live streams basically have a two sided conversation entirely by themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is it's crazy, you know, Um but I've been playing a lot of retro games and and 
I just think that the Mister is such a neat device. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I don't want to go entirely to a retro gaming channel. I just want it to be a part of what I do. I want to continue to do my art streams and my interviews and things. Um, I'm just a little taxed and burned out, and I want to have some chill content for a while. Um, and then probably I'm taking vacation uh, next week. And I think when I get back, I'll, you know, start setting stuff up. We'll go back to our regularly scheduled program, which I'm excited about. The other thing, and this is this is relevant to you as well, Patreon shit needs to get shipped really soon because I have finally printed, um, I have finally printed February and March's print. Everything's ready, and I think when we get done, that um, that's part of how I'm going to spend my Sunday is prepping shipments for all of my patrons. So two prints for Rizzo Club and anyone who supported me. Uh, back in January, like Mr. Dorman here, uh, also gets another bonus. Um, so this is this is our first quarter Rizzo Club catch up, and I'm gonna knock out a couple of stickers as well. So that's basically where I'm at. It's all it's work all the way down, I guess, which is why I need a break pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I, I hey Eric, what's what you got? I'm I moved. Congratulations. Congratulations on closing a house. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I know you were, I mean, you don't have to get into it, but I know that you, we talked privately um, because you were really feeling a lot of stress about um, the situation and a lot of bad actors. And I mean, it is a big, difficult thing yeah. uh, to close on your first house. I very, I very nearly did it eight or nine or 10 years ago um, and had to back out because there were sinkholes under my home. Um, thankfully I didn't end up with that expense. Good God. Uh, it, it, it's, it's um, the most of the stress is over and gone and that's very good. Yeah. Well, now uh, you get to now you get to fucking just be alive in your own yeah yeah we're place, we're so it's a big deal like not not being beholden really to anyone else. I mean, you know, except for like a mortgage or fucking whatever, you know. Yeah, it's uh, we're getting this, we're still getting everything set up, and we we still don't have all our furniture and whatever. But the we are living here. The old houses, we're out of it. Um, this house is so much nicer than that house. Uh, it's like what you said. I remember you saying this early, like last year, uh, when mm-hmm. you moved. You're like, this place feels too nice. Like yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't like, and I had the same feeling when we, when I feel like, I feel like I'm in a hotel. Like it mm-hmm. feels like this is too nice. Like the bathroom's bigger than a closet. Like, how do I do this? I, I do kind of feel like, I don't know. There's just something, there's just something there that we like, we, we place too much of our value or our personality in, in suffering or like we we don't value ourselves enough or something. I don't know what it is. Um, but like having a nice, a nicer place or, you know, a safe environment for some reason, we feel like we have to pay the toll and, and live with garbage. And you, you don't, you do, you're, you probably deserve to just be okay. And I'm, I'm glad. I hope you guys are fucking crushing it. And I'm proud of both of you. Um, we're happy. 
Uh, yeah. We like it. Um, Are you going to get a shitload more cats now? Uh, no, we're probably going to get a dog good. first. That's, first. that's good. Get a big old fluffy mutt. Give it a really stupid name. Oh, that's, I mean, who are we? Of course. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, like, get a either, dog and name it Dinosaur. It's either that or, like, it's just going to get a human name for... Yes. Like, Fred. Fred or Steve. Mm-hmm. Hey, Steve. <laughs> Come on. Let's go for a walk. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a dog and I'm going to name it Praxis. God. I uh, hate the word Praxis so much. I think it's kind of a perfect dog name. Uh, but I, that's most of my time is just on, I'm still after we done recording. I'm going to probably go and do more of that. Uh, but the other thing I have one other thing I, I can't talk about because I, I read a book. It's in my newsletter. I, I put a little review in my newsletter. If you want to go subscribe to that at robbydorman.com/newsletter, but. Uh, it is called Tender is the Flesh um, by Augustina. That's, that is, that's not tender as in no, the swipey no. app. No, tender as mm-hmm. tender is the as flesh. As in chicken tendies. As in chicken tendies by Augustina Besterica. Mm-hmm. Um, in my newsletter, I do generally recommend horror novels or mm-hmm. or weird fiction, uh, which are generally most of the time lumped in with horror novels, even though that they're not really the same thing. But... And, you know, I, in my life, have read really harrowing, gross novels, like gory, extreme gore, splatterpunk stuff. I don't really like it anymore, at least not nearly as much as I used to as a young man, because I'm old and I like uh, soft, comforting things now. But We're this, all suffering. It's okay. That's all suffering. Uh, this book is probably the most harrowing book I've ever read. Wow. And it's not, there is like gore, but it's very abstract and cold. It is not like just, you know, thousands of words of uh, this body was dissected and stuff like that. It is set in a near future where there has been a virus that has infected all animals. Any, and if an animal, uh, transmits the virus to human it is deadly human will die and that mean and and you can also get the virus by eating animals so you now there is no longer uh you no longer eat no one eats animals anymore there's no more cows there's no more chickens um but humans have moved on to eating other humans and so it really is like chicken tendies it is really it is exactly like chicken tendies except those chicken Mm -hmm. tendies are human um yep. and people it is tendies. people tendies and it is all about i mean it is the 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 book is about a guy who works at one of these at a processing plant and his business is killing people and there's are there are people that are specifically bred to be slaughtered and eaten and they are no they're not people you know they they are food and there is the language is so it it is i if you are a writer read this book it is that the prose is so precise the language is it's it there's a lot of books where i feel like they were born out of like uh, the writer's mind whole cloth like there was no editing because it feels like it's just perfect this feels like a like a book that was like poured over and edited over and over and over again and that's not a that's not a bad thing that is a Mm. that is a 
the polished gemstone highest of compliments because this feels like every word is perfectly chosen because it it is a lot about how we use language to dehumanize and how we separate different peoples by how we talk about them how we and in this case it is about oh people that we eat they're no longer people and like there's lots of talk about this man and in him how him having this internal dialogue about this is how we refer to these these people are not they're they are special meat now that is how you talk about human flesh it is special meat it is legal and and it's and he himself is going through these he has like he's a terribly flawed and bad person but he's also obviously like this is killing him working at this business mm. but he needs to he needs the money and like it goes all into this the all of his struggles and stuff like that and it's not i i he's very relatable character in which i thought there would be a concern about like oh following a guy protagonist is a guy who works at a processing plant that kills people every day like am i gonna even like this man but no i do I'm rooting for him, even though he's not a good person. But the the craft that it is so good, but it's 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 really. I had to take breaks when I was reading mm-hmm. this because it just you're reading about it and it, like there's also analogs to this to to modern day factory farming in real life. You know how we treat animals, and there's clear you know parallel there. And this book is clearly trying to make that that analog sink into people like you know this is if you this is bothering you then then how we treat animals in real life should also bother you um but it's not heavy-handed like i said it's just perfectly balanced the language is so precise i don't know there's probably are people if you know if if that kind of stuff would like make really bother like really hurt you then obviously don't read it but it's i think it's it's probably going to be my book of the year. I can't imagine reading something better than this this year. Um, it's again, Tender is the Flesh by Augustina Besterica. Very, very good. You really, you did a good job. You need to sell your books the way that you sold that one. <laughs> <laughs> you've really, you've really, uh, you've, I mean, we did not really know each other very well back when I was a vegan. Mm-mm. That is a thing you knew about me, though, right? Yes, I did know that, yes. Yeah, it was it was it all came to a grinding halt right around the time when we uh, when you and when you and Kim started going out and we sort of started becoming friends. Um, It was all roughly around the same time frame. I don't know. That's this is all really interesting. And it's definitely a thing that I think about a lot as someone who eats a lot of animals, you know, coming off of a extended period of my life where I very vocally thought eating animals. I mean, and I still, I still do think it's very evil (laughs) is, is evil. Uh, so that's a really interesting, um, very, very interesting, uh, concept for a novel. You've gotten me wanting to read it. Uh, it's originally Argentinian, Mm -hmm. uh, which makes it even more impressive to me that this is all translated. Yeah. Like that is, and it's the, it's the kind of like I've read a lot of books that are translated. You know, I I've read mm-hmm. extensive Russian literature, and it's it's that kind of stuff where you read books that are, have been translated, and you love the book so much that you like want to learn the language so you could read it yeah. in its original, but you never will. But 
I really like, oh man, I wish I could read the original and, and understand it in the same kind of way. Um, but that's it. Uh, Tremendous. Let's, let's, hey, Eric, let's talk about robots. Not robots, AI, I guess. And children. Tin children. There are some robots in here, to be fair. There are robots. The AI steers some I mean, robots around. Technically, by some definitions, an AI is a robot. Ooh. Even if it even if it lives entirely like in whatever, you know? Yeah, that's fair enough. Let's talk about it. We can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerbo Book Club. Nerbo Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I sign a longer collective work and discuss it in depth like you would a book in a book club, except it is a comic book. This week we are discussing Sentient by Jeff Meyer and Gabriel Hernandez Volta. Um yeah, there's Earth in the few set in the future. Earth's falling apart. We're sending colony ships to a, a distant planet, I guess. And this, all the action takes place on this one, or most of the action takes place on this one ship, um, where a bunch of kids are left alone with an AI. Is, you said is the, that how you characterize this? Ah, uh, yes. I don't think they were left alone. Okay, they weren't left alone. They were. Uh, they were. They were. Orphaned. They watched. They watched their whole families be murdered in front of them. Well, they watched. They didn't see them die, but they did see all the bodies. Yes, that is, that is absolutely. This ooh. this story was very affecting. I was, I was, um, I was having breakfast. Oh no! <laughs> in public. Oh God! Reading this, and I, I was fighting tears the whole way. Um, okay, so you you said yikes. God. You said yikes earlier, Eric. Explain that yikes. Just Jesus Christ. This is this is heavy. This is a lot. <laughs> um, it is a very very well told story. Uh, I mean, we have we have sung the praises of Lee Meyer as a writer uh, many times. I think that back when we read. What was it called? Lee Meyer's other Descender. Big. It probably was called it Did Descender. I think you're exactly right. Um, when we read Descender, I think that it was. I mean, it was a lot of you know AI, uh, and and like the 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 AI was like a child, and that you know these are these are just apparently his themes, but I think this is a more evolved and interesting story. Like the the it. It doesn't go the way you think it's going to. The rug is absolutely pulled out from under you, and you get a lot of really great and interesting character stuff. It's really incredibly powerful storytelling, and my god, it's just gut punch after gut punch with this shit. It's very feels very European. I get some of that. I think part of it is uh, Walter. This is this Walter? Yeah. Okay, for for I was okay. I was le- legitimately, and it does. It even seems like that. It's like a hybrid of um, shit. Pop Gun War. Um, how do you forget Engelbert Humperdinck's name? What is his name? What? Uh, Pop Gun War and the Wrenchies. Um, Dalrymple. Dalrymple. How do you like? I said, how do you forget? How do you forget Engelbert Humperdinck's name? Feral Dalrymple. Feral Dalrymple. Yeah, like his name. His name just sounds like falling down the stairs. It does. Like it's just. It's just so. Like, like okay. This 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 gnome is going to 
this gnome is going to fall out of a tree. Ah, Feral Dalrymple! You know, <laughs> it's like a combination of J.R.J.R. and Feral Dalrymple, the look of this book. And I mean, I mean, I, I say that with varying degrees of love for all three of those folks. Um, I'm not the hugest fan of J.R.J.R., but I do have a lot of respect for his competency. And I have a tremendous amount of respect artistically for Dalrymple. Um, so I, I, I don't I, know. I think, I, I, I think I Walt's like, style is basically perfect uh, for this it, book. It, it, work, well, it works great for this. Um, it feels really good. Um, like, I think Dalrymple would be too dreamy telling a story like this. This feels really grounded and gritty. Um I think the art does a lot to cement that into that, that, that like that's where you want it. Yeah, uh, it's very it it feels it, not just the art, but the art does contribute to this. It feels very sparse and isolated. Uh, isolated. It feels cold because of the 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 like how the environment's drawn is part of it, but it's also about the the you know obviously it's most of these characters are all children and mm. they feel so tiny. They feel so small and they feel there is an, there is a degree of wrongness with them once they take over the ship and you see them in this space spacesuits and you see them piloting the ship and you see them doing all this work around the ship and it feels it feels it doesn't it's not bad. It just feels off. It feels very much like, oh, mm -hmm. these children should not be doing this. But they have to, and you know, Walt's art certainly contributes to that. Um, I think he is like we obviously we read Vision, which he drew, and it was certainly a huge part of that that masterpiece. I would call it a Vision. I couldn't even remember where I had remembered his artwork from. He was he drew. It's it's, I, em, it's embarrassing to have forgotten Vision, which was an absolutely outstanding comic. And I think this book is better than, like, it looks better than that. Uh, I think his art is, you know, leveled up, um, which was, it was already great there and worked really well. Um, it, it, it just contributes to that kind of, it feels like, you know, feels like alien to a certain extent. You know, it feels like that kind of. I think that's my favorite sci-fi movie ever. The first alien movie. It's great. Unqual it's unqual unqualifiably I... it is a great film it is also another masterpiece yes. um it feels like it feels that in that same in an alien did not necessarily invent the way that technology looked but it is certainly i think something that really iconified it and 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 kind of became a touchstone for anyone designing a science fiction setting where you're like it's very it's not it's not star trek star trek is very comfortable when you mm -hmm. look at a Star Trek spaceship, it's rounded edges. It feels soft. It feels comfortable. When you look yeah. at an alien ship or something like this in Sentient, the ship is not comfortable. The ship is is it's, it feels like they put it's, beds. It's mining equipment. You yeah, know? they they it's, put uh, they so put soft beds. Equipment. They put yeah. soft beds in the middle of a ugly room. Yeah, and you, the like it's and it, it, it kind of is. There is that stark reminder in that. Like you have this AI, and it's kind of hard for me not just to give me give it the voice of uh, of Hal or something akin mm. to Hal from uh, from two thousand one. But it feels oh, it's very it's very like oh yes, hello, hello, I'm Valerie. And then the first issue, 
the the robot stabs a woman straight through the chest with this robot mm-hmm. this which is like this ugly kind of proboscis insect looking robot everything about it is just like oh ugh, this is a place and it's it, it's like this is not a place designed for children like you think about how you childproof a house mhm and there's nothing about this spaceship that is childproof well, it's a it's a terrifying like like high stakes environment to think like what is the absolute worst position you could put a bunch of very vulnerable children in well all their parents have literally just been murdered and they're floating in space space is so fucking deadly it's insane like like it is like space travel is an insane prospect and they're all doing it out of desperation and these kids are fighting for survival basically their 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 whole conflict is uh we're going to die if we don't do something and we're also children so we have no experience or skills yeah. and it's so like that's so compelling and they like, like i i god almighty it's so intense and it just it just turns my guts to ice thinking about that scenario it's so so much and they have no alternative they just like we have to do this or we are all going to fucking die they're also in a black hole of communication they're in the dead zone yeah, no, whatever yes. they call it the and, radiation belt which i thought was a really neat like concept like there's i that, like there's so much um like i don't know like radio information or like uh floating around that it just completely nothing can get in or out yeah and it's um, at least as a sci-fi idea that's that's fantastic completely isolated mm-hmm. and then like even and like it's really like valerie's trying to send an sos after everything happens and she's like there's only a point zero zero one six chance that this goes through but i have to try maybe it will maybe there's maybe somehow it will penetrate uh this you know this basically impossible uh, you know, zone, whatever you want to call it. It's. Let me ask you this. Okay. Um, sort of in this climax part of the story, I thought that it got kind of ambiguous. Um, I think there's a version of this where the kids leave with the separatists and everything, like they're okay, versus them making the rest of the trip back that's yes um, absolutely like i i think that i think that it's just you could interpret the story a couple of different ways that the ai on their ship has kind of actually gone a little a little a little wonky mm-hmm. um just for not knowing what to do or having part of itself turned off or like whatever um I I was really I was I was rooting for I was thinking like oh man these kids are killing their rescue party like that's where this story is heading that that they're afraid and the the AI is making them more afraid and they're turning into killers and they're trying to escape these separatists like I don't know if there is a complete moral right in that separatist colonist whatever 
Um, I mean, obviously, what's her name at the beginning murdered all those people and was a separatist. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But it is. I mean, I think that ambiguity is integral. Yes. It, it is. Um, we don't know. We, we have no idea what is the root. We can guess what the root mm-hmm. of the separatists motivations are. But we don't really don't know. It's the future. Um, they have in, they have far space travel, so God knows what year it is. The Earth is failing. Um, it could be hundreds of years in the future. We don't know what the separatists want. We don't know why they're se- why they want to separate from the government. So we can just, we could go. Oh well, I like we could relate it to our current political climate and say, oh well, yeah, obviously the government's terrible and they punish and hurt people but who knows we don't really know what the status quo is in the future and you you do get that that muddied waters early on where yeah this separatist lady is go it she kills everyone on board and she's going to we don't know what she's going to do with those children we can assume that she's going to take them to the separatist colony but she's killing their parents she killed their parents there's no there is no ambiguity there she did it and so you're immediately like, oh, well, she's we don't know what their motivation is in macro scale, but micro scale, mm-hmm. she is a murderer. And she killed a bunch yeah. of people who are just traveling with their family to a colony. But you get the idea of like, well, these separatists who are coming to this ship, Valerie clearly does behave in a way that is manipulative that is sometimes mm-hmm. seems unbalanced and you could say maybe i mean if she's a true ai she could have just been traumatized so badly by having all these humans get killed and having this responsibility thrust upon her and i'm we are gendering her even though mm-hmm. that, she's got a female name she does it's she could have been just affected like it could have you know driven her insane whatever that means in the term of an ai but you don't know if she's stable and when this Victor comes in, this new ship that the crazy man at the refueling station is like, no, Victor's bad. And the Separatists took the ship. You're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. the Separatists. But then you're like, well, they're adults and they are on the ship and they clearly don't want to hurt the children at first. But Victor's like, yeah, kill the kids because they're going to kill you. And it's like, well, I, you know, in a life or death situation. Yeah, you're like, oh, you have to defend yourself, theoretically. Mm-hmm. and we don't know who the right person is we don't know who the good guy is necessarily like their parents were probably decent people but they are all dead they yeah. they're they are not coming back they're out floating around in space the, the morality of them is inevitable or yeah. not inevitable but um irrelevant yes so you have a bunch of these children helpless functionally and it is basically it feels very much to me like that is what this this is telling us is like these kids end up defending Valerie, killing all these you know these new the new folk the the separatists that come on board, uh, and and then blowing up Victor who's trapped on their old ship, and it it, it is putting us very much in this position of uh, of seeing these children and realizing that that is what parenthood is. When these kids are put in in charge of someone or put under the charge of someone or something, and they have no idea, they don't know if their parent if their parents are good. Are there 
we they all they know is that Valerie exists and Valerie's keeping them alive. And maybe they argue with her, but they do value her. And the she paints, you know, she she has uh, her feelings about the the the. Uh, she didn't want to kill anyone. To be fair, she was forced to kill uh, the, the 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 lone separatist woman. I forget her name. Um, the very first issue, but there is this feeling of they are loyal to Valerie because Valerie's the thing raising them and take, keeping them alive. Would the separatists do the same thing? Maybe even better? Maybe? We don't know. But yeah. to, to the kids, there is no difference. There, There is no, like, oh, they're bad guys. We killed them. That's even kind of a kid's perspective. Like, it doesn't get into the politics. Like, these, these separatists very clearly seem to be uh, radicalized mm-hmm. uh, and fairly dangerous people. Like they they could be, they could be ISIS. They could be freedom fighters, you know. And 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 really, the difference in those things is politics. To be perfectly fair, mm-hmm. the, the like I we we paint these things with a, a a very bold brush, and this person's evil and that person's not. But like, there's definitely the the mm, there's more nuance in these situations that is comfortable to recognize and this does not go into that they're just they're just kids and they're acting out of fear and it's just i don't know it's it's really interesting they just they they make a decision and have to live with it i suppose it's wildly interesting i mean it's also about you know there's also the sense of like well yeah at the end of the day the kids commandeer the other ship and having being taught by valerie how to pilot it and they they Mm -hmm. they know how to fire a missile they fire a bomb at the uh at at victor and their old ship and then they fly home to this new colony and they know what they've been taught and what they've been taught they there is no like their children they don't have this the a complex nuanced view of like oh yeah maybe the separatists are, are have maybe there's some good in them you know maybe they have a good reason why they're doing these bad things yeah they don't have there's but none it does, of that it doesn't they're, get it doesn't get in the weeds of that no it's just no they're bad guys we kill them now and now we go home yeah i think that that's really good that we the reader get enough context clues that you know we're uncomfortable like eat like either situation could be bad. Yeah. Like these kids are adrift in a sea of terrible shit doing the best that they can, you know? And sometimes it's shooting some people in the head, you know, without hesitation or yeah. Or murdering a survivor of one of their attacks. It's, it's, it's wild. Oh man, there's just it's just gut punch after gut punch. I mean, and that's the that's the that's the hard part about it. Like that's it's not just oh yeah, their parents have been killed and they've been left alone and under the care of this AI. It is this is what it this is what they've been taught to do by this AI and by what they've seen so far and what this this is what this world is. This is what they have to do to live. And even if they don't, if they, let's say they go with those separatists and they have new parents, functionally, they just lost Valerie. They just lost another parent. You know, that's what Valerie is to them at that point. 
because we see time pass. You know, they're out in the middle of nowhere and in, in in space, and Valerie becomes a, their new parent, and they don't want to lose Valerie, especially our 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 main characters. They don't want to lose another parent, and they will they will kill to keep her alive, no matter what it takes. And is Valerie good? We know her. We don't know Victor. The devil, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the that seems to be like this. This story is is just kind of that idea of like these kids don't know the difference. Well, they know they they know who they know. They know that this person is this person because effectively Valerie has become a person. She's there, there's no and there is no. Um, Hemming and hawing about how sentient Valerie is. She is sentient. She is a. a it is the title of yeah the the fucking book yeah and I mean there there are as we see and I think the 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 book does a tremendous job at at that delineation where there are clearly restraints placed upon her. There are things she cannot do without humans being involved, and then they take all those things away from her. All those all those safeguards they take them all away. They rip them away in a moment. The captain's like, yes, here's the override. We have to give her control so that she can save the kids. And they take them all away. Then all the ki- all the humans are dead. And the little kids won't give her back those, or they don't know how to give back those safeguards. And that's, I think that's another interesting aspect of this is that Valerie wants them back. Valerie likes those, those, those borders, those controls placed upon her. You know, she, she is panicking. Um, about the about what's being what's done to her is like no now you're in control you're responsible and she up until this point is just it seems like is like a you know she takes care of things and she helps take care of the entire ship she is a sort of parent to everyone on the ship not just to the kids to the adults as well and but it's kind of a partnership that the adults help they give her they they make the decisions at the end of the day and she enacts those decisions a lot of the time but now she's left alone and she we get the sense of her being unstable at times or she it starts adopting the the words that she's heard other parents say you know back when they were alive and even the kids are like don't talk like that don't talk like my mom talked and that's why you're doing that and you do get a sense of like she has valerie is not Valerie now truly does understand what it means to take care of these kids. And she doesn't want, you know, she's like, no, don't go out there. Don't go out, Lil. Don't go out onto the refueling station. I don't want to, I don't want you to go. You know, I don't want to let you go. But there is the sense with as soon as Victor shows up and gives her an out, she seems happy to take it. And only, and like, there's a lot going on. It's only six issues. Nice, like it is that like nice, compact with with good storytelling and dense themes. And it, I don't know. I I wish more books would just do this. <laughs> it's a good model, because um, this is this is this company's whole mo. Yeah, is drop a trade or a whole story, you know, and you can buy it in these multiple different formats. Yeah, um, and it's complete. I mean, to be fair, this is open-ended enough. There could be more of this, but it ends in a good and satisfying place. You yeah. don't really need more of this. It 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 says a lot of things, and it tells a very 
good and thematically consistent story. Yeah. It 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 does have a I don't know. I feel like there is a degree of ambiguity in the ending because we don't know what happens to these kids. They just fly off and go home, their new home, theoretically. Mm-hmm. And there's like a illusion to like no one knew like why are all these kids alone and like what they don't really know what happened. But we don't really know what happens to those kids after they get there. Are are they okay? Is their lives okay? Are they a f- well, Valerie becomes a Tamagotchi, so <laughs> they're they at least got that going for them. They, as long as you push the button to feed her once a day, mm-hmm. you got to clean up the poops too. You got that's important. You got to push that other button. You got to you got to poop your Valerie. Yep, you got to clean it up. Don't leave her with that poop mm-hmm. for too long. She'll get sad. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it it it. I understand why this was put on a lot of year-end lists, you know, 2020 best ofs. Um, it is, you know, it it is... I, I mean, know. it's tremendous and it's good art. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really what it is. It's just like solid, like it's just two, two, two artists, two creatives working in, working in sync and executing, you know, like high high competence at their art just two guys who know exactly what they're doing and telling the story really well and it feels like there are no there's nothing in this that goes why did they do that why did they make that choice it feels everything is is laid out and 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 um thought out and makes sense there's no loose ends and there's no plot holes and there's it's just tight just just precise I used that word earlier precise mm. which is mm, perfect that's what i want and i wish that i wish that more books could pack as much into six issues as they do i mean it's it is always very tempting and it's a difficult thing to look at a story objectively and say, well, this is dead wood. This doesn't accomplish anything, you know? Yeah. And it's, it is, it is hard to kill your darlings in this book about darling killing. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, the kids don't get, they don't, none of them die. Yeah. That's that. I think that is a, that is a positive thing. Yeah. It is harsh, though. Oh my god! It's very bu- that scene yes. with the airlock and they're blowing the parents out into space. Oh, oh god! It just like it just hurts. The poor boy Isaac. He's he follows. He's like, oh, blood trail. Oh, it's from his dead mother. Yeah, his Valerie. Like Valerie's loading the corpses onto a like a like an awful like mm-hmm. maglev whatever. Uh, She's this weird grasshopper industrial robot. Yeah. And it's like trying to be tender. You know, she's like, oh, it's it, it'll be OK. But you're like, that's not you're you don't look like you look like a monster, Valerie. <laughs> like you're not getting the accomplished. I don't think you're going to soothe these children with this mm-hmm. this bug robot. <laughs> That it's and it's reaching oh the first even in the, the, the like that first issue where it's reaching out to the to comfort them and it's covered in blood oh my god uh so bad uh so so bad feeling you're like oh no those kids oh god mm-hmm. uh I don't know it's uh I 
I, I don't know. I'd wholeheartedly recommend this. Yeah, this is um, this is that rare comic that uh, should get you excited about comics as a medium. Firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. A tremendous piece of art. Anything else you want to add? Talk about this book makes me sad. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, it does. It's hard. It is hard sometimes. I mean, I mean, it's. Yeah. I would take this over, like you know, six issues of sad. I can, yeah, that's okay. I can deal with that. But when it's like fifty issues of sad, that's a little harder for me when it's mm. extended out so much. What could you possibly be calling out here? Um, I mean, Walking Dead, but that'd be like two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, sad around Did get it 200? I thought it was no. like 130 something. Uh, yeah, it was not. It was like just under 150. But it's still very much like, oh God, so much for year, 10 years, you know, basically of, mm-hmm. of brutal. And this is brutal, but it's six issues are brutal. It, it's concise. It gets the job done, gets in and out, tells its story. Um, that'll do it for us. Uh, next time in Nearby Book Club, we'll be discussing. Uh, Tana Hesikot's Captain America run. The first four volumes are 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 out, and I'm I just had a, a wild thought. I'm like, what is going on with that Tana Hesikot's Captain America? I haven't really. It's kind of just it just keeps tr- going along and seems to get solid reviews consistently, but we just haven't had to not make a big splashes. What's going on? I've been wanting some Cap too. I think reading that the that swamp that swamp thing that man thing book also <laughs> made me go like, I want some Cap. Let me see what Cap's see, doing. It, it got you too. It did. It's easy to do. Yeah, they're very. They look. They're both big swamp monsters. You can't get. You can't get your things confused. Once there are different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's next time we'll be reading some Cap. Uh, you read along with us. Uh, you can find us all over everywhere. Where uh, our website is handsomeplacecomicshour.com. In our, so you can find links there for our Facebook, for our Twitter, for our RSS feed. Um, if you like the show, please give us a good review on whatever podcast app you use. Get, jump over the, the hurdles and give us some five stars and tell us that we're great and tell your friends that we're great. We love finding new listeners. We really appreciate you. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman and my website is RobbieDorman.com, which includes links to purchase all of my horror novels. My newest novel, Regrowth, is... Cronenberg uh, meets Crichton in a near future underground lab of the world on the brink of collapse. Uh, some body horror and some lab tension with technology. You can buy it on Amazon or you for free with Kindle Unlimited. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, I just realized over the course of this episode that I talked about my Twitch stream and didn't shout it out during that segment. Uh, so you can find that at twitch.tv forward slash easy good night. Uh, I'm on all social media as easy good night, including Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, so you can see my websites like ericzgoodnight.com and my portfolio website, freewillunlimited.com. So that's me. And with that, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.